welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. My aim is that these 15-minute conversations twice a week give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Today I'd like to talk some more about fresh vegetables, about salads and other products, and to talk about them with another of the world's biggest and best seed companies, namely Reich Swan. They've just completed a survey about the changes that are happening as a result of COVID-19. And interestingly enough, the focus of their study has not been so much on consumers, but on the supply chain as a whole, from the farm gate to the supermarket shelf. Now, to discuss this with me, I'm delighted to be joined on Fruitbox today by Jan Dolderson. Jan has worked for many years at Reichsfund, where he's in charge of their retail marketing and works closely with all of these supply chain partners all over the world. Jan, it's great to have you here. Welcome to Fruitbox. Hi, Chris. Uh, hello from Holland. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be the 25th contributor to your initiative, uh, Fruitbox. And I'm delighted and excited to join this session. Thanks, uh, Jan. Now, as I've just mentioned, you've been looking at the impact of this coronavirus crisis uh, at Rexon on the supply chain as a whole. Why choose to do this and, and not focus on, on consumers themselves? Yeah, well, we did this research um, actually to have a better understanding of the impact for the short and longer term for our customers and how we could anticipate to this and provide solutions to our partners in the value chain. And obviously, consumers and consumer trends are definitely part of this research. But however, we, we actually chose for a holistic approach from sea to shelf. Uh, so that means we studied all lengths in the whole fresh produce supply chain from seed breeder, grower, trader, processor, retailer and consumer. And your customers, just to be clear, they're then the grower and you consider your, the supermarket also a customer, do you? Yeah, so we, we see in fact both uh, all, in fact, all partners in the supply chain as, as customer. So our direct customers are indeed growers, but we also uh, we see uh, partners in the value chain uh, also have a big impact in influencing variety choice and choosing products. Okay, well, let's look first then at the impact uh, on the supermarkets, because that's where, of course, the large majority of fresh fruits and vegetables are sold, in Europe at least. And that's where you as a company are focusing a lot of your time and effort, you in particular, I know. And, and we all know the story by now of this crisis, namely that they've been, the supermarkets, busier than almost ever before these last few months. Is that, is that what you found? Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's absolutely true. And actually, we, we divided our study in, in three channels, uh, retail, food service and online. And indeed, uh, the biggest increase in sales uh, at actually all formats uh, of retail in Europe, we saw uh, an increase of sales uh, because the food sector uh, was heavily affected uh, with a drop of, let's say, 80 to 90 percent. Yeah. And retail couldn't actually com compensate for those losses. Um, sales of, of veg in general are estimated in Europe uh, approximately 20 percent via food service and 80 percent via retail. In the USA, the food service percentage is much higher, up to, uh, we estimate, at 35%. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and from the retail, we heard vegetable increase sales of uh, 20 to 40%, depending on crop and crop type. Um, and initially, uh, so what types of products they were selling, 
initially a, a typical long shelf life products like frozen foods and canned um, had a plummeted sales, but also typical staple uh, crops like uh, carrots, iceberg lettuce, onions, potatoes, um, different types of cabbages, uh, but also sweet pepper and tomato on the vine had uh, very good sales. Mm. And then the, the third channel, uh, online, um, well, that was uh, uh, difficult to, to get access to because uh, uh, all slots were pre-booked pre for many weeks. Mm. And of, of course, also quite difficult for them to, uh, to quickly ramp up the distribution. But nonetheless, I think we've all noticed it. There has been, a, of course, a shift to, to online. Um, uh, do you kind of think it's here to stay? I mean, if you look at your own household, uh, for example, you've been, I think I'm right in saying, boy, buying more of your food online. Do you think that's going to continue, not just for you in the Dolderson household, but more generally uh, out there in the market? Yeah, um, well, I think online is, is particularly interesting during this crisis. Uh, if I look at my personal situation, uh, we already uh, used online for our regular grocery shopping before the COVID outbreak. And uh, as mentioned, I, I, it was really difficult to get a proper slot in, here in Holland. Um, and traditional online uh, um, retail sales increased. We had numbers of 30 to 50 percent. And you had really to book at least three weeks in advance the slot. Uh, and and uh, what we hear from our research uh, um, is that online will stay and further grow. And if you look at the percentages of, of groceries uh, sales in Holland, is, it was around 5%. Uh, in the UK, uh, it was around uh, 7 to 8%. In Germany, for instance, it's much lower. And I believe that people have felt the convenience of this type of shopping and, and, and will more regularly also buy via the channels in the future. Mm -hmm. And to give some figures, um, as, um, in the UK, for instance, in Tesco, uh, we got a confirmation of uh, serving over 1 million grocery delivery orders each week. And they are now ramping this up to 1.2 million very shortly. So then you can really see that uh, that, that is uh, uh, a great job, actually. Um, but I, what is also on, online interesting is that um, uh, if you look in the other channels, uh, uh, for online, then you think about vegetable box schemes, they exploded, yeah. uh, home delivery of, for instance, locally produced organic products. Um, but also, um, uh, there are many micro uh, level initiatives, uh, so uh, uh, short chains, direct delivery of, uh, of local farms. So, so it's really changed, or the, the crisis has, has very much changed the, the retail piece in many ways, but let's look about this, let's call it the health piece, if you will, what's happening uh, when it comes to, as it were, our own personal health and well-being. We all know that fresh fruits and vegetables are good for you. Stop any person in the street and ask them and they'll know that. So it shouldn't be too much of a surprise that, uh, that demand for our products, fresh fruits and vegetables, has been much stronger than normal during this period. No, that, that's absolutely true. And um... But people becoming more health conscious actually and spending more time in their own kitchen. Uh, the coronavirus really has added a lot of fuel to the already growing demand for fresh healthy products. Um, and if you look at, uh, it's, it's no doubt that the people with obesity, uh, let's say with a BMI higher than 30, were more ill and also more affected by the, by the coronavirus. And, and maybe it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's a big co coincidence, Chris, but 
Did you know that today, June 17th, it is actually National Day of uh, Eat Your Vegetables Day, today. And um, it's, I think it's a nice anecdote that, that, that uh, we developed our own uh, consumer platform, Love My Salad, uh, to stimulate eating fruit and veg. Um, and we would like to inspire consumers with our uh, with, with cooking recipes. And we really saw a peak um, of almost 300% of visitors to our website. And we have now more than 200,000 visitors per month, actually. Um, uh, so it, it's, it's really um, all about uh, inspiring people and inspiring consumers uh, in, in informing them about the, the right recipe to use and to cook for fruit and veg. Um, but I think it's not only about the health, um, which, which should trigger to buy fruit and veg. It's, it's also about taste, color, appearance, uh, easy to prepare, uh, convenience. Those are also uh, important attributes. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, every day is a kind of eat your vegetables day and, and we should have eat your vegetables 365 days of the year, if I had it my way. And, and, and on this issue of convenience, I mean, I know that at Reichswan, as at many other seed companies, you've spent a lot of time and effort in recent years on the convenience category. Um, and you mentioned a moment ago that COVID has kind of suddenly shown us all that actually we do have kitchens and we can enjoy cooking again at home. Um, and we're also looking at more local produce, uh, which for many people, I guess, has a lot more kind of authenticity. Do you think, again, these trends are here to stay? And, and does that mean in a way that the convenience issue that you've all been focused on for so many years is going to take less of an importance it's all going to be more about as it were the authentic and the i guess the ease of use in your home kitchen it's not all food on the go now i think convenience will also uh, stay for a longer period um, and in the future uh, but it's, it's for the moment definitely the case that home cooking is really peaking but i think this also offers great opportunities for our industry if you look at uh, for instance the milk kits uh, which are consisting of a lot of cooking vegetables, really have shown good sales. Uh, and it's, uh, to give an example, as uh, aubergine or eggplant. Um, and in, in Northern Europe, we are, uh, we are not a typical eggplant user. Um, however, in, in milkage, you can very well use it, this eggplant. And I heard uh, incredible numbers of, for instance, Albert Heijn, in sales of eggplant sold via milk kits. And, and I think that's a great story. And, and um, also there is, for instance, an interest in our uh, internal red uh, plum tomato, uh, which, which is very suitable for, uh, for making your own uh, nice red tomato soup or a pasta sauce. Um, and to, to your other question in terms of local for local, I, I believe there are, there are two levels in this. Um, the more country uh, local for local trends, um, so the level, so that means that countries like Germany, UK, Switzerland, Austria, uh, we saw already before um, the corona crisis that uh, that was a trend for, for more uh, domestic production. And this, of course, has huge impact for exporting countries like Holland and Spain. And um, uh, in developing varieties for protected crops, this does not really have too much impact, but for open field crops, we really consider to, to trial in more and diverse uh, locations. Um, in a second level of local for local, I believe now this, this comes more to expression, uh, which I call the micro level, uh, 
Um, and there are so many initiatives. Uh, if you, you read your own uh, newspaper of direct sales, uh, support your locals, so really close by. Um, and I think that also has to do with, uh, with, with food waste. Um, and there has been a huge disruption, of course, of the supply chain. Um, and just to, on this question of the meal kits, uh, Jan, um, that's something that we see very much in the Netherlands. I know that Albert Hein, for example, when I go into one of their stores, you see now quite some shelf space devoted to essentially, um, well, it's, it's a kind of one in, in a box solution that you buy and it gives you all the ingredients for you to make that particular dish. Is that something you're seeing in, in other countries too, or is it very much a, a kind of Dutch uh, solution these days? Um, what, what it's for sure, it's uh, it's really taking off that, uh, and also in these times as mentioned. Uh, but we see now this this concept also being um, uh, used in, in, for instance, in, in Germany. Uh, so more and more retailers, I think, are open for this uh, for this home cooking uh, trend. And I think because of this 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 situation where we are in, it will definitely um, uh, increase. Correct. Now, now tell us about your grower partners and, and what they've been telling you. You've mentioned that more of them are, are harvesting mechanically, for example. I, I imagine to compensate from the problems, for some of the problems they're finding with getting labour. And that's just not just an issue that's arisen during these times of COVID. So the, the same question to you. Do you think this is a trend that's here to stay? And, and what does this mean for you at uh, Rijksvan? Yeah, actually, what we hear from our grower partners are there are three 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 concerns or three main issues. Uh, the first one is 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 the fear of a recession. So after this Corona crisis, um, and linked to that actually is uncertainty. The second one is about uh, the, speci the specialization. Um, so which also makes supply chain vulnerable. So uh, growers are really uh, specialized in producing one typical crop or crop type and uh, the now discussion also starts on a fundamental shift to more sustainable production mm. and um, uh, we believe that uh, in these days consumers do not take it anymore for granted that the shelves are filled with, with beautiful um, um, uh, crops uh, uh, in, in the store and then the third um, issue what we heard is um, is labor uh, and the impact on labor and uh, we had from various growers and processing companies in UK, Spain and Germany they mentioned that mechanical harvesting and, and, and robotization as a, as a potential solution for labor problem um, and to, to give you a quote of a, of a, of a, of a British company uh, we need to move to mechanical harvesting on all whole head lettuce crops as soon as possible to avoid serious issues in the future so that really means that this is this is I would say on on top of their agenda, and um, and the good thing actually is that that Rijkswaan we are we are globally active. Uh, so this issue of labor uh, is already valid, uh, for instance, in in USA and Australia for many years, um, where mechanically harvested spinach and lettuce is already common practice. So uh, we, we, we learn, we have learned from those uh, developments and we now to try to implement those uh, ideas of production also in other, uh, other countries. And for instance, our, our um, lettuce range of Salanova has already um, the right uh, adopted varieties to be mechanically harvested. And, we, and what we are currently doing, we are now speeding up the introduction 
of this uh, of this concept in uh, in various other uh, European countries. And I'm sure, Chris, um, you will soon find those um, those products in your stores in London soon. I look forward to it, Jan. Thank you. Um, fascinating stuff. Uh, and our 15 minutes is is up. So that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line by Jan Dolderson at Dijksvan. Uh, Jan, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. Yeah, thanks, Chris, um, for um, for having me on your show. I wish you good luck and uh, hope the numbers will increase also in the future. Thank you. You can find today's conversation with Jan and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. Our audience continues to grow, and many of you now tune in to these conversations each and every week. I know many of you listen in on your way to and from work. In fact, one nice man has even written in to tell me that he's extended his journey by a few minutes so he can listen to the whole episode at one go. Thank you, and thanks for all your positive feedback. Fruitbox is now on all the best podcast platforms. You can stream or download an episode on your phone or tablet. And when you finish listening, you can start reading, as our magazines are now on new apps that have been developed by the same people behind The Economist. It means you can read them on your phone or your tablet, unless, of course, you're at the wheel of your car listening to this. Our new apps are now free to download at Apple's App Store and at Google Play. All you need is a connection to the internet, so there really are no excuses not to download them right away. By the way, if you want to feature in a future episode of Fruitbox, then why don't you get in touch with me at chris at fruitnet.com. That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>